0: What's really good? Welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend and Two Games. Make sure you're following me across all social media platforms. It's Legend and Two Games completely spelled out L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-J-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, open up the platform for anyone who wants to have a great sports debate. So if you've got an idea or a convo you want to hear discussed here on the show, Send it over, man. I may I may even invite you on so we can have that convo. But with that being said, I'm recording this on Wednesday, November 11th. I want to pre- uh, present to you guys a new segment called Wild Trade Wednesdays. Now, we're about six weeks away from the start of the NBA season, which kicks off on December 22nd. We got the draft coming up next week. Free agency starts the week after. So I wanted to kind of use this opportunity to – present some hypothetical trades that I think have legitimate uh, reasoning behind them. These are some trades involving big names, going to new locations, and ultimately could shift the balance of power from each conference. So every Wednesday, I'm relabeling it Wild Trade Wednesday. And I'm going to give you one trade every Wednesday. So let's start right now. It's a four-team trade. So I need you guys to keep up with me, follow along, but I think you're going to like it. Four-team trade. It's involving the Nets, the Clippers, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Chicago Bulls. Now, I'm going to lay out for you who's going where, and then I'm going to give my reasoning behind it. Now, again, I encourage you guys, follow me on social media. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the trade. Let me know what you would change in the trade. Let me know who you think would ultimately say no to this trade. Every week when I present it to you, I'm going to give you scenarios as to why I think the trade makes sense. And I'm going to try to make it very difficult for you guys to say who says no. So let's get started. Again, this is involving the Nets, Clippers, Sixers, and Chicago Bulls. So the Nets would receive Thaddeus Young from the Bulls, Mike Scott from the Sixers, and Paul George from the Clippers. The Clippers would get Karis LeVert, Joe Harris in a sign-and-trade because he's a free agent, both those guys coming from Brooklyn, and Laurie Markkinen from the Bulls. The Sixers would get Zach Levine from Chicago and Pat Bev from the Clippers. And the Bulls would get Tobias Harris from Philly, Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen from the Nets. They would also get a first-round pick from Philly. Uh, which originally belonged to Oklahoma City. So it's not a lottery pick. It's in the late teens. Um, but that would be going to the Bulls. So again, the Nets would be getting Paul George, Thaddeus Young, Mike Scott. Clippers would be getting Karis Lavert, Laurie Markkinen, Joe Harris. Philly would be getting Zach Levine, Pat Beverly. The Bulls would be getting Tobias Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and a first-round pick from Philly. So here's my reasoning behind it. We're going to start right with the Nets. All right, Nets are all in to win this season. It's been no secret, no surprise. They are all in to win, which is why I was a little shocked that they would hire Steve Nash and an experienced head coach. But then by bringing D'Antoni in on his staff, all right, I I see where you're going with it. But I have always been of the thinking that KD and Kyrie are not going to be together for the totality of that four-year agreement they signed. I just think the personalities don't quite fit And this was put together with the mindset of taking over the East very quickly and maximizing a two, maybe three-year window. Problem is, the East has changed over the last year and a half. When KD came over, had he been completely healthy right away, I think we would have already said the Nets uh, would have been the favorite to come out of the East, but he wasn't completely healthy. And then Kyrie was a little banged up this year, and it was kind of a wasted year. But in this year, what we realized is, Miami's gotten better. Boston's young guys actually got better with the removal of Kyrie. Milwaukee still has Giannis. And until they make a decision on Giannis, we've got to include them in every conversation. Toronto's probably one move away from getting back to title contender status. They're not far off. They've got some some decisions to make, and we'll probably be including them in a future trade as well. But they're not far, far off. And then, of course, the Sixers' landscape now has changed with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey going there, and they still got two of the top ten players in the conference. So we're really talking about a scenario of five or six Eastern Conference teams that you can make the argument for why they could make the finals. So if you're the Nets, you can't, uh, you really can't afford to wait around. You've got to go all in right now, and you've got to try to attack right now. Giannis could shift the balance to the East if he signs in the East you got to go on right now. This is why I like the trade for them. They're probably going to lose Joe Harris anyway. Joe Harris is a free agent, as I mentioned. He is a highly touted 3 and D guy in the league. He's going to land with a contender somewhere, and I think he's going to be a little too rich for where the Nets are looking to go in regards to salary. Also, keep in mind, Karras' Levert new deal would kick in after next season as well. So Joe Harris may be a casualty of the cap for them. Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie don't fit this current roster. They're good players, highly productive players, but we know that Kyrie is going to be the primary ball handler for most of the game. And that in the last six to eight minutes of any close game, it's going to be a two-man game between KD and Kyrie. So where does that leave LeVert and Dinwiddie? As spot-up shooters. And that's not their best asset, and that's not what they really bring to your team. What they bring is playmaking ability, from combo guard perspective, who can get you some buckets, who can get you some assists, but ultimately elevate the the level of play on your team by having the ball in their hands. Karis LeVert showed that in a bubble. I don't think that those assets are on full display with KD and Kyrie, and that's why I'm including them in this trade. So, again, for the Nets, you're going to lose Joe Harris. Those two players... Don't quite fit with what you have right now, along with the timeline of wanting to win right now. So what do you need is three and D players, guys who can play defense, who can allow you to play small ball. And who can knock down the open three. And that's why Paul George, Mike Scott and Thaddeus Young make the most sense. Those three guys, Paul George being your third option, which is probably his best role right now. Thaddeus Young being a guy who can play the stretch four. Mike Scott can play the stretch four. both can knock down a perimeter shot. And they give you a lot of lineup flexibility. We also know in this trade, as I mentioned, Jared Allen's on his way out. Not because he's not a good player, but because we know DeAndre Jordan was signed there on the behalf of their two stars. So I expect DeAndre to be starting next year. If DeAndre is going to start, we know he's not going to close out games because he can't hit a free throw and he's a liability on offense. But if he's going to start games, you're going to want some sort of flexibility in your lineup to go small whether it's KD playing the five or possibly Thaddeus Young playing the five, you're going to want that flexibility. I like this trade for the Nets. I do. I'm not a big fan of Paul George, but for the Nets and what they're trying to accomplish this year, I think this trade makes perfect sense. Let's move on to the Clippers. Clippers are giving up, obviously, Paul George. They're giving up Pat Bev. But for the Clippers, the Clippers are in a very tough position. Their supporting cast was not as good as we thought. They're also more than likely going to lose Montrez and Marcus Morris this offseason. season, both are free agents. Morris is going to hurt them more than people realize because they gave up a first round pick for him. Montrez was an undersized center who really didn't play well in the playoffs. He struggled against Joker and more than likely he would have struggled against Anthony Davis as well. And then also they have minimal assets to build up this team moving forward. We've already heard Kawhi say we need playmakers at the guard position Clippers are also in a tough spot because they gave up a lot of draft picks for Paul George. So as I said, they don't have the assets moving forward. And Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both have the opt-out after the season. So if you're the Clippers, you're in win-now mode, but you've also got to be a little concerned with what do we do after the season. Whether they win or lose, they are still going to have to address some major holes in their roster. Now, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Lakers. I like the pairing of, of Kawhi and Paul George if Paul George played better in the playoffs. He ain't played well in the playoffs in about eight years now. They have some holes in their roster they need to fix. They need to figure out the direction of this team, not only for this season, but moving forward. The reason I like this trade for them is it gets them the playmaking guard they need in Karis Lavert. It gets them a true stretch four or stretch five, depending on where you want to play Laurie. Um, with Markkinen, who's a massive upgrade over Montrez Harrell. Is he as good as Montrez defensively? No. But he's a much bigger body than Montrez as well. For as, as good as we talk about Montrez being defensively, the Joker ate him up. So it can't be much worse if you bring in Laurie Markkinen, who at least gives you offensive production and forces a defense to respect him on a pick and rolls and a pick and pops. And then Joe Harris. Sign and trade, Joe Harris becomes a perfect 3 and D guy. He's not a good as good a defender as Paul George, but I thought in the bubble he showed consistency offensively. He fits their spacing a little better. And like I said, now you have Karras, who can be your primary ball handler. You have Joe Harris, who's a knockdown shooter and a solid defensive player, and Laurie marketing who can give you points inside and outside. You lose a little bit defensively, of course, by losing Paul George and Pat Bev, but I think the gains offensively far outweigh the losses. And also keep in mind, as I mentioned, the two stars have the opportunity to opt out after this season anyway. So if you're the Clippers, you need to figure out a way to be competitive while also maintaining assets moving forward. Worst case scenario for the Clippers this year is they don't win the championship and Kawhi and Paul George opt out. With this trade, if Kawhi would to still opt out after the season, you would still have some young building blocks and Karis LeVert and Laurie Marketing. I like this trade for the Clippers a lot. Let's get into Philly. Now for Philly, we've heard all the talk. Are they going to trade one of their two stars? What do they do with Ben moving forward? They flirted with the idea of playing him at the four to start the bubble. They get a new head coach in Doc, obviously. They've got, got a new uh, president with, with Daryl Morey. I think they won't move on from their two stars. I think Daryl Morey is too smart, and he realizes that These are generational talents that are not easy to come by. You're not just going to find someone as good as Ben Simmons, you know, unless you make some sort of blockbuster deal. But more importantly, I don't think you want to trade Ben Simmons until you at least try to make it work with Embiid. And then what you want to do is try to either trade Tobias Harris or Al Horford. And in this deal, I was able to get rid of Tobias Harris. Now, Tobias Harris's contract got four years left on it. Highly overpaid, making over $35 million a year. Good, solid player, but not for the money they're giving him. The Sixers right now is currently constructed or caught in a very tough spot financially. And if they don't make a move this offseason, they may be forced to trade and beat a Simmons next offseason. Because I don't think Harris's value gets any stronger after this season. So if you get an opportunity, specifically in the trade I've just constructed, I think you make it so that you can move on from Tobias. And then figure things out with your two stars. In this trade, as I mentioned, Philly would get Zach Levine and Patrick Beverly. Now, Pat Bev is easy to understand why he goes there. He's got ties with Doc Rivers. He gives him a, a guy who can, another perimeter defender to go with Ben Simmons, to go with Josh Richardson. But a guy who can play at point guard while allowing Ben to play at the four. Zach, to me, is really interesting here, though. Zach has one year left on his deal. Zach has already complained about wanting out of Chicago. He wants to be in a better situation. He wants to play on a team that can compete. I think Zach is an upgrade for Philly over Tobias Harris. Now, Tobias is a solid player, but just looking at the numbers from last year, Tobias, as the third option, was averaging 19, 7, and 3. Zach Levine, who's three years younger, was averaging 25, 4, and 4. Yes, Zach was in a worse situation in Chicago. Yes, Zach damn near had the green light whenever he wanted But Zach is more athletic, and I think Zach fits Philly better as a combo creator on the perimeter. Now you can get really crafty with your lineups if you're Doc Rivers. You could actually tote out a lineup of Embiid at the 5, Simmons at the 4, Josh Richardson at the 3, Zach at the 2, Pat Bev at the 1. I think you can tote out that type of lineup. I think you could find a way where this team would actually upgrade by adding Zach Levine and subtracting Tobias. And that's not even considering the money. We know the money just makes more sense because, as I mentioned, Tobias still has the four years left on his deal, whereas Zach only has the one year left on his. In making this move, though, like I said, you add the playmaker, you get rid of Tobias's contract. Pat Bell's relationship with Doc Rivers makes sense. I do have Philly not only getting rid of Tobias Harris, but also losing that first-round pick, and that, get, that gets us over to the Bulls. The Bulls in this situation are giving up the younger talent. They're giving up Zach. They're giving up Laurie marketing They're bringing in Tobias Harris, um, a consistent, productive scorer in the league. Again, as I mentioned, averaging 19 last year. They're bringing Spencer Dinwiddie. They're bringing Jared Allen, and then, of course, they get that first-round pick from Philly. Now, I really like this move for the Bulls because there's been some turmoil there. Laurie Markkinen has expressed frustration and said he wanted out. Zach Levine has said he wanted out. I don't know if that's purely their frustration with the organization as a whole, or was it the previous coach? I do know Billy Donovan's coming in now, but I like this move for the Bulls because we know that if they can make this trade, they still have two fundamental, fundamental building blocks. They've got Kobe White. They've got Wendell Carter. So, With those two guys, that was the direction of their future and their organization anyway. You bring in Tobias, a proven veteran. You bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think would play perfectly next to Kobe White. You bring in Jared Allen, who's a defensive force on the inside. Oh, by the way, you add that first round pick. Let's not forget, they already have the number four overall pick. This trade right here that I've constructed does not require them to move that fourth overall pick, which I think there was already some internal discussions about. I think the Bulls were going to try to figure out a way to move that fourth-round pick to bring in some veterans because the team is so young already. I highly doubt after spending high lottery picks on Laurie marketing and on Kobe White and Wendell Carter that you would do it again this year. There's only but so many young players you want to have on the team before you start to try to ascend and actually compete for a playoff spot. This trade right here gives them the best of both worlds. You could still hold on to your number four pick. You could bring in a proven veteran scorer like Tobias. You could bring in a proven veteran ball handler like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's still young. You could bring in a perimeter rim protector and and rim defender in Jared Allen. Add another first round pick. On the surface, I think all of these teams, an argument can be made as to why they would be the winner of this trade. For the Nets and the Clippers, it makes perfect sense short term. Philly makes perfect sense short term and long term because you get rid of Tobias' contract. For the Bulls, it makes perfect sense short term and long term. I think the team, as constructed, would be better now, would be better with this trade than they are right now. But more importantly, I ask a question to you, the listener who would say no? Who would say no to this trade? Again, the Nets would receive Paul George, Thaddeus Young, Mike Scott. The Clippers would receive Karis LeVert, Laurie Marketing, and Joe Harris as part of a sign and trade. Philly would get Zach Levine and Pat Beverly. The Bulls would receive Tobias Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared, LeVert, Jared Allen, and a first round pick from Philly. I ask you again who would say no to this deal? Three of these teams are playoff caliber, teams with title aspirations. One of these teams is trying to get into the playoff mix. You guys tell me which player doesn't make sense, which scenario in this doesn't fit the timeline of that organization. With that being said, this is Wild Trade Wednesday brought to you by The Sanchez Show, and I'm your host, Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. Again, Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out, L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. We out of here.